0: But I always look forward to that. <laughs> She's grown a lot in our 17 years of marriage. We were talking about last night how our oldest daughter just turned 15 years old on the 11th. And uh, when when we met, you were 15 years old and and I was 14. And we're like, how can we have a... 15 year old that's crazy. And so but we are we're getting we're getting older and wiser and <laughs> you don't know about that. <laughs> but I'm a people person. Um it means a lot to me to be a part of something, to be a part of a team. And uh to see you guys every Sunday, uh to be able to hug your neck, give you a high five, um it just we're we're on the same team, and that's encouraging to me amen? Amen. amen amen um you know we're always we're always trying to get the word out more about what we're doing here as this team and so um one of those things that that we can do as part of evangelism reaching out um as part of the missions is is checking in every week on Facebook so go ahead and get your phone out this morning. And check in on Facebook and let people know that you're here today. Um, it would be my heart that if you hear something today, so, so say like when, when the Lord was ministering through Jay ago. I'm telling you, there was something that he said that stuck out to me. And it was God's word for me at that moment. And um, I, I would encourage you guys, if you hear something you know, that's, that's like, man, that's good. Um, my mentor uh, taught me years ago, when you're, when you're studying the word of God, never study for a sermon. He said, get something good to eat. Study to eat for nourishment. And if it's good, share it with other people, right? And so uh, this morning, if there's something good and you take a bite of it, go ahead and tweet it out into the Twitterverse, or uh, get on Facebook and, and, and go ahead and check in and say, man, this is just just that quote or whatever. I'm telling you, you'll never... B- There's so much junk going on right now on all the social media that it be a light and be something that's uh, edifying and, and uplifting to other people. Amen? Amen. All right. Um, also, uh, we just want to, to welcome everybody this morning. Um, just, just thank you that you're here, um, and uh, I, I have been a little under the weather, but uh, I, always, I always press through because it's not about you know, how we feel. Anybody can serve God when it's good, and it's the mountain time. And, and you're on the mountaintop, and, and you know, one thing that sticks out to me, have you ever seen anybody get to the mountaintop before? Uh, like, literally, like, somebody climbed a mountain, you watched a documentary. What's well, one of the things that they do? They always put their hands up in there, right? Why do they do that? They made it, right? It's celebratory, right? It's, it's, that's what people do when we celebrate. We put our hands in the air, right? Um, I've watched golf. I, I'm a golfer. And golf is one of the, oh, man, I got to look right there. <laughs> Judgment. I know, I'm a golfer, and uh, uh, I've watched golfers. That's one of the most reserved sports there is, and they call it a, a gentleman's game, and there's all of these, these rules. You're not supposed to talk when somebody else is hitting, and it's, it's like a quiet sport. But have you ever seen, yesterday we were, we were playing in a golf tournament. Uh, Pastor Jared and Mike and Tony we were playing, and uh, on the last hole, Mike was standing over a birdie putt, And myself had missed it, Uh, Pastor Jared missed it, Tony missed it, and we needed Mike to make this putt. And it was, I don't know, know, 12-foot putt. It was a good little putt. And he got up there, and as soon as Mike made the putt, you know what I did? Yeah! That's golf, and I did that. That's reserve. Why did I do that? Why did I put my hand up in there? I was celebrating, right? You know what? It happened naturally, though. Like, I didn't go, okay, okay. If Mike makes this, I'm going to throw my hands up in the air like I just don't care. Okay, three, two. That doesn't happen. It just naturally happens, right? We're going to talk a little bit about that this morning, okay? We're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. So if you have your Bibles, get them out and turn to Psalms 102, verse 18. I'm going to ask you to stand one more time for the reading of the word. Listen, listen. Here at The Exchange, we believe that anytime time the Word of God is preached, we have an opportunity to be transformed. Amen? I said amen? amen. I mean, we here, we believe that with all of our hearts. Anytime time the Word of God is released, we can be transformed, we can be renewed, we can be changed more into His own image. Amen? And so, you're about to be uplifted this morning in the name of Jesus. In Psalms 102, verse 18, the Word of God says this. This will be written for the generation. Everybody say generation. Generation. It says specifically here, to come. So that he's saying when this is written, they're not here yet. This generation doesn't exist yet. It's, It's going to happen. And it says what will be written about them is that they will be a people Yet to be created that may praise, everybody say praise. praise. We're going to talk about that word today, praise. These people, how they will be known, this generation that's come, they will be worshipers. They will praise The Lord, if you could bow your heads and close your eyes, Lord, once again, we thank you for this opportunity to come into your house, Lord, speak to our hearts, Lord. We pray nothing less than we would be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Father, just use me as your mouthpiece, Lord God, to be able to prophesy this morning, to be able to speak your word, and we'll be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. Amen. You can be seated. Look at your neighbor and say, "Generation." generation. That's what we're going to talk about. It says that there's a generation to come. It's a class of people at the time that this is written that have not even been created. They have not been placed on the planet yet. And one thing that they're going to be known by is that they will praise. Everybody say praise. Praise the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, everybody say in Christ. that's, That's very important that you understand that and you realize what was just said, okay? If you are in Christ, right? You can be either in Adam or in Christ. There's two places positionally with God. And if you have this morning put your faith in Jesus... As Lord and Savior, if you have said, Lord, you know what? I believe that God sent you. I believe that you, God, actually manifested yourself as man. You came and gave your life on the cross for me. And you believe that God raised him from the dead. How many know that you are in Christ? Right? And it says right here, if you are in Christ, it says that you are a new creation. It's something that has never existed before. Okay, another translation literally says a new creature. The old has passed away, praise God for that, amen, and behold, all things have become new. You see, in the old covenant, back in Moses' day, so think way back in like Old Testament times in a different covenant that God had, what happened is God's presence... His presence, the presence of God, resided in the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever seen uh, those, the movies, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and uh, what's the guy's name, Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, right? And they're, uh, the third one, they're looking for the Ark, right? And, and they're looking for that, and I mean, no, we don't need to look for that anymore, Right? Because although God's presence resided in the Ark of the Covenant, in that old covenant, we today have a new covenant. And the Bible says that there is now a new temple that His presence resides in. And if you have put your faith in Him and you are in Christ, how many know that you now are the residence of God? You, like uh, what Jay was talking about earlier, when he said, you know, we say, when you come into the room, listen. He's in you, right? When you come in the room, he comes in the room. He's just trying to get out of you right? He, he's trying to manifest some way, somehow. He wants to speak through you. He wants to minister through you. And so uh, we understand now that you and I are now a new creature. We're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, it all now have become new. You and I have become the temple and the presence of God, and the Holy Spirit dwells in you and me, The Holy Spirit dwells and habits in us. So look again at Psalms 102, verse 18. It says, this will be written of a generation that's going to come. A people yet to be created may praise the Lord. So I ask you this morning, who do you think that generation is? Who do you think that generation that this scripture is talking about? Who do you think that the people yet to be created again? Well, let me take you to another uh, passage of scripture in 1 Peter Chapter two, verse nine, the word of God says this, but you are a chosen, there's that word again, generation. It says uh, <clears throat> right here that you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you, here we go, this is starting to look really familiar, may proclaim the praises. How is that one generation to come going to be known? That they were going to be praisers of God. And it says that this generation that has come, they will proclaim the praises of him. Why? Because he did something amazing. He called us out of darkness and now into his marvelous light. Well, there it is. Very plainly, the generation that was to come and now is here. A part of our promise on this planet, it says, of this generation that we live in, is to proclaim the praises of God who called us out of our old ways and out of where we are in darkness and death, now into his life, into his light. Amen? Amen? This is written for the generation to come. He was talking about a race of people that Jesus established through his death, burial, and resurrection, his starting of a new covenant, this group and generation of people would be called his church. We're a part of that generation. It's the best time to ever be alive. It's exciting to me. How many know that we are a part of that generation? Amen? And if you don't know that, God sent me specifically to tell you that's us. We're here, and we are to be known uh, through a a lot of different things, but one of those things is our worship, our praise. We've been created to praise the Lord. It's part of our purpose. It's to proclaim the praises of our Heavenly Father. And today, we're going to talk about what does that look like, okay? If that's me, Pastor... What, what does that look like? What does that worship? What, I, I want to know because if, if that's part of my purpose, what does the Bible say? And what are the expectations that God has and, and that I need to have of what that's going to look like? And before we get into that, I want you to know that worship was never supposed to be limited to a building. Right? Now, that's part of it. What we're doing this morning is good. What we're doing this morning is biblical. Okay? But it's not limited to, and it's not limited by a building or a service or a Sunday morning. You see, the church was never meant to limit our worship. We're called to worship God 24 7. 365 days a year. That was something that stood out to me when I was studying different covenants. You know, in in David, when, when he had his covenant with God, the tabernacle that God called him to build, there was literally worship going on 365 days a year, 24-7. It never stopped. And it showed me not that we need to come to this building and we need to make this the temple of God and we need to worship and, oh, Father, we love you. And we just never stop worshiping because nobody would ever hear about God. There would never be any evangelism. It's not that. It's that we are supposed to and called to be known by our worship and we are to live a lifestyle. Right? That the things that we do, they are, are, are a lifestyle of worship to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. First Thessalonians five eighteen says this: In everything, everybody say in. in. It doesn't say for everything. The word of God says, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This verse lets us know that we're called to praise God every day and at every moment. And that in everything that we do, it doesn't say for every situation. You know, there's going to be tough things that you're going to go through in your life. Or even uh, just this last week or what you're about to face this week. How me know that everything that happens to you isn't from God. And so you're not supposed to go, well, my God, I'm I'm, I'm so thankful uh, for this situation. When it's difficult and it's not from God, you're not supposed to be thankful for that. But how many know that we have the spirit of God inside of us that supersedes our uh, experience and what we're going through? And that in that situation, we can still worship him right we can still praise him we can still live a lifestyle of worship and so i want to call the people of god to to uh, back to a place where we say it doesn't matter what we're going through we're going to overcome through praise and worship so let me read it one more time psalms 102 verse 18 says this will be written for a generation to come a people yet to be created may praise the lord you see the psalmist wrote and he said that that there's going to be a generation there's going to be this group of people this 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 church and i'm telling you that jesus started that and that we are a part of it so now we all see that we've been created to worship the lord Amen? amen so the question is pastor kevin what does it look like what does it feel like? What are, what are the expectations here? Well, before we really jump into, we're gonna, we're gonna, this is going to take a couple of weeks to really get into all of what we're talking about, but this morning, I'm really going to be talking about two specific words that are Hebrew words that are found that if you study the Word of God, they're found for, it translated as our English word praise, but they're two different Hebrew words, but please understand that while we're talking about this, your praise in your worship, it, it, it doesn't just need to be something that you do. It needs to be something manifested out of a heart of worship, out of relationship. Okay, so here's the thing: like I have a relationship with my wife, Lisa, and and we we've been married for 17 years, right? 17 or 18. Is it 18 now? Okay, 18 years. We've been married for 18. Now, here's the thing. How many know that in that time, I've spent a lot of time with her? 17. Face to face, right? And there's things that there's been exchanged. And and, and how many know that one thing that I love about my kids is they are fruit that there is love. It's proof that there is love in our relationship. Right? So people see my kids like, oh, man, your kids are awesome. You have beautiful children. And they all of a sudden assume that we have a beautiful relationship. I love that. Amen? And our relationship's not perfect, but I love that. And so if somebody was to look at me and and see me look at my wife and lovingly look at her and say, little bear, I love you. Okay, did you see her just smile really big when I said that? Okay, why did that make her smile? It meant something because of 17 years. That's why it meant something, okay? Now, let's say she goes to the 7-Eleven this afternoon, and some homeless guy walks in and is like, you're the love of my life. I love you. What type of reaction is she going to get there? She's going to be like, what? She, she, it's, it's, it's not going to really mean anything to her except to actually scare her, Right? It's the same thing with our worship. See, what we're going to talk about biblically, about how this looks, we're going to talk about what the Bible says it looks like, but you need to understand that if you don't have first that relationship with God, let me say this, in a relationship with God, these things will naturally happen. You don't have to force them. It's good that you know what they look like, but they're going to naturally happen. There was a natural time in our relationship. I wanted to take it to the next level, and I can remember we were riding around in a car, and I reached over, and I held her hand for the first time. That was natural, right? Nobody tell me had to tell me, okay, you guys have been dating for seven, day, seven days, and on the seventh date, you need to prepare, even if you don't feel like it. You need to, you need to just power through that thing because that's the day that you hold hands. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? It naturally happened. I naturally wanted to hold her hand, right? And it meant something to her. Why? Because a relationship was building. Here's the thing. In, in, in a relationship with God, if you don't have first that relationship, if you haven't given your heart to him and he's the Lord of your life and you're getting closer to him, when somebody tells you to put your hands up, you may be in a service where you go ahead and do that, but it, all it is is aerobics. It's just putting your hands up and down. It doesn't really mean anything, right? And you may have been in a service like that before. Listen, can, we can walk out of this place uh, this afternoon, and we'll be out there, and uh, say a police officer walks up to you, Eric. And he pulls a gun on you, man. And he says, put your hands up. What are you going to do? Put them up. Put them up higher. Okay, why did he do that? Because he was commanded to. That's law, right? He did it, not because he had a relationship and he wanted to do that. But listen, when, when Mike made that putt yesterday, naturally, my hand went, whoa, yeah. My hand went up. For some reason, because I'm invested to this game. I'm invested to Mike, I'm invested to our team, right? You see what what I'm talking about? Here, let me me show you a, a quick video, right quick, that talks about worship.
1: And I know that each church has its own worship style, you know, which is cool. Some people are more expressive in worship, some people more subtle, and it's all good. Um, I go to a church that's pretty expressive in worship. It's, um, it's a hand-raising church. That's what it is, right? That's what, you know. Anybody here go to a hand-raising church? Am I here? Sweet. Who here does not go to a hand-raising church?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> some of you are trying, you're like, I can't. <laughs> I want to, to, I need to get some momentum. Totally cool. But hey, if you're not used to going to a hand raising church, you wanna go and join us, feel free to join us, but don't feel like you gotta join right in, okay? Start slow. We got a lot of different hand raises that we use. We actually have names for our hand raises. So I'm gonna walk you through real quick, okay, what they are, just to let you know. Say you're at my church, music is rocking. Start slow, hands in the pockets, little elbow flap, you're fine. Very subtle, get warmed up, get your heart rate up. When you're warmed up, start with the first one. Ready? Carry the TV. Carry the TV. That's our first one. Very subtle. Go to big screen. Big screen, a little wider. Next one's my fish was this big. My fish was this big. If you're a liar, you go out there, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Jesus loves you, grace. Next one's hold my baby. Hold my baby. Got dueling light bulbs. That's our next one, dueling light bulbs. Got goalpost, everybody knows goalpost. Throwing a heartburn, a lot of people like to do heartburn, double heartburn, right back to goalpost. What's my favorite? Mufasa. Mufasa, that's my favorite. (laughs) The circle of life. Tim, can you go higher? Yes, you can. You can take one hand, go a bunch of different stuff pointer, hatchet, schoolroom. Release the doves, give the Lord a high five, press it out. A lot of women like to wash the window, wash the window. (laughs) And when you're comfortable there, go for the big three. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. There you go, there's your big three. You're set. (laughs)
0: Listen, in our church services, you may have noticed Pastor Kevin, I come up here, and I get in the front, and I worship, and you'll see, I do do goalpost. post. I did, I said do do again. I do goalpost, post, and I do heartburn, double heartburn. I, I have those moves, okay, but it's not because I practice them. They have, they've happened. I've been serving God and in this relationship with him for a long time, and when I do those things, those are things that happen because I I have a relationship with Him. There, there's times where naturally, uh, my hand will go up in the air like this. I was even thinking about it in worship this morning, and I was singing this song. And have you ever been at your child's football game or basketball game and they did something really good or their team won, and for for no you haven't you don't even plan it, but all of a sudden at the end of the game, all of a sudden your hand just goes up in the air, right? Like that. That happened naturally. You didn't pre-plan that. You're like, yeah, we won. Woohoo, hoo you know? And, and you, were, you were invested. You had something, and it just naturally happened. What I'm telling you is the things that we're about to see in the Word of God, when you have a relationship with Him, this is going to be Natural. This is going to be uh, natural expressions to do these things. These are going to be normal. And, and, and here's the thing. If you didn't ever hear this teaching before about what we're going to see in the Word of God, you may have been programmed or, or taught that you just don't do those certain things in church. And so you're limiting those things. You're like, no, 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 no. I can't do that. I, 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 I can't have that. That's not natural. That's not what that's supposed to look like. What we're saying here at the exchange is you have permission to allow those things that will normally happen to happen out of relationship. But first, focus on Him. Don't focus on <laughs> carrying the big screen TV or, or my fish was this big, my fish was this big. Okay? Don't focus on those things. Just focus on Him and, and things are going to naturally happen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Amen. Okay, so if you're taking notes this morning, uh, number one, the first word we're going to look at because we are this generation that we're going to be known for our praise, and we need to know what that praise is supposed to look like. The first Hebrew word that we're going to look at this morning is halal. H-A-L-A-L. Halal. Let me ask you this. Have you ever heard a church word that sounds like that before? Halal? Hallelujah. That's where we get that word from. It comes from the, the base word, halal. Now listen to this. The word halal means overwhelming excitement. It means to celebrate. It means to rave. Listen to this in the definition to be clamorously foolish, describing praise. Okay, the word halal, this is what it means. I had to look up what, you know, I don't use that word clamorously very much in my vocabulary. I had to look up what clamorously means. Clamor means loud. It means loudly. It means intense. The definition of halal means, uh, continues to say, to shine or to give light. My definition of this word, kind of breaking it down uh, for in more simpler terms, if you're taking notes, write this down, it's going crazy for God. It's intense. It's intense celebration. I'm going to show you that God loves this. Everybody say halal. Halal. You see, when somebody is getting excited for God, and we've seen this here at the exchange before, we've seen the halal. That's what they're doing. They're halaling. I would say that uh, I've seen a little halal here at the exchange, but I sure would like to see some more. Amen. Amen? I would like to see some more excitement. Not to be excitable. But to let you know that you're free to do that here at the exchange. Okay? Now, I think sometimes we may be a little too reserved. Halal is translated praise. We see the word praise, it's translated as that more than any other word in the Bible. It is in the Bible 160 times. Now, we're going to go through all 160 today, just joking, (laughs) I'm going to give you a couple examples, but that's pretty, that's a lot, 160, so the first one I want to show you, we'll put it up on the Sky Bible for you, Psalms 113, verse 1 says this, praise the Lord, exclamation point. So when you're reading it, you need to understand this is loud. Praise the Lord. That word right there for praise is halal. So it literally says halal the Lord. What does halal mean? It means to be overwhelmingly excited, to celebrate, to rave, to be clamorously and loudly and foolish, going crazy for God. Now, when you read that that before, and most people have read the Psalms before, did you know that that's what that word meant? probably not. So you just kind of went praise the Lord. Okay. Well, that just means, you know, just what we do at at our church and then no 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 this is specific right here it says an an, an excitable praise to celebrate it says it again halal O servants of the lord halal the name of the lord exclamation point blessed be the name of the lord from this time forth and forevermore exclamation point from the rising of the sun till it's going down the lord's name is to be halal everybody say halal From the rising of the sun, he says, from the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised with overwhelming excitement. Isn't that awesome? It's being crazy for God. There's going to be moments when you are, are, are having a relationship and you're connecting to God. And you're going to start to realize how awesome and how unbelievable His sacrifice is for you. And it's going to start to bubble up on the inside of you. And you're not going to know what to do. And you might think, "Wow, somebody is going to think I'm a fanatic or I'm crazy if I release this. I'm telling you, release it. Let it out. Don't come here thinking, that's what I have to do. But if that starts to happen inside of you, do you understand? Let that happen. Out. that's what halal means. The word praise in this verse means clamorously foolish. When I think about being clamorously foolish, I think about back in David's covenant, King David, when they were bringing the literal presence of God and the Ark of the Covenant back into God's people and God's city, and he is dancing in front of it, and he is shouting, and he is praising, and it's clamorously foolish, and people are even looking at him and saying, how could a king even act? like that how many know he was releasing the halal but notice this the ark represented the presence of the lord but what preceded the presence it was people who were halaling excitable they were releasing that type of praise and the presence of god was ushered in through somebody releasing the halal of the lord another example is psalms 149 verse 3 put that up on the Scow bible for you let them praise his name with the dance. That word right there for praise, everybody say halal. So it says, let them halal his name with the dance. So part of halaling is dancing. And some of us can dance better than others. And that's okay. Like for me, I've never even thought about it. it was dancing, but some people would say in the middle, even this morning in, in in worship, I looked up and I see Jay dancing, and why people dancing looks like this, <laughs> right? We're not gonna have that much coordination, but we can bounce a little bit. And you know what that made me do? I started adding my little kick in there, man. That's what my dance for God looks for. Now listen, I wasn't, I didn't come here prepared electric boogaloo for Jesus, right? I didn't go, I didn't, that was not pre-planned. But when the music started, and I started not to focus on Jay, but as I saw the exuberance inside of him, I saw God in him, and it just all of a sudden started to make me think about, oh man, I love God like that, and and I think you, and I started to really focus on him, and I said, that's right, and I started doing, you're, yours might do a little bit of this when you start to praise God, and you might throw in a little, a little spin there. I don't know what yours looks like, but I'm telling you, it's okay to release the halal. You might say, well, Pastor Kevin, here's the thing, though. You just don't understand how I was raised. The type of church I was raised in didn't really frown. They really frowned on this, and this is all kind of new to me. Well, then listen lifting one hand in a worship service, when that naturally starts to happen for you, maybe you're halal. Because that feels clamorously foolish. It does. I can remember one of the first times this happened to me. Uh, you have to, please, no, please, no, please, no. I have not always been the person that you see today. I have a story. I'm 38 years old, and a lot has happened in my 38 years. And before I came to the Lord, um, I was a borderline alcoholic. We had been married for about a year. I was driving our marriage down, I, it, we were, I, what woke me up to start going to church is I didn't want to get a divorce, because that didn't exist in my family, and I loved her, but I just kept messing it up, and, and I was addicted to pornography at the time. Uh, I was not what you see today, <laughs> but how do we know? The old is gone, and the new has come, but the, the old was still there. That was, though this, this hadn't happened to me yet. I wasn't in Christ. Does everybody understand that? And so we, we got invited. I won't tell you the whole story, but we got invited to church, and we show up at this church, and in the first service that we went to, Lisa and I, we cried at the altar call. I looked at her. She looked at me. We put our hands together, and we came down to the altar call, and we prayed that morning. I was just bawling. She was bawling, and we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Awesome right? And and I'm an all-in type of person, so I just start reading my Bible. I didn't know how to read it. Although I was raised in church, I had never read the Bible. So I start reading the Bible, and I start doing daily devotionals, and I'm growing closer and closer, and closer to God. About six weeks into this thing, I, I'm, I'm like Jay. I'm really moved by music, and the, the music, we had our great worship team, and it was completely different than uh, the church that I went to, the church I grew up in. They just played a piano and an organ, and uh, we sang out of a hymnal. But these people still got excited. They released the halal in that church still, okay? And, and they, I was used to people uh, raising hands in, in, in worship services. Not everybody did it, but I was used to that. And I, I'll just tell you, that's kind of my background. I had never done that before. I'd never lifted my hands in worship before. And God's just speaking to me, and I'm getting closer and closer week by week to God. And they sang this song, and this will date the time a little bit when we're in, but you remember that song, Breathe? This is the air I breathe. And we go, and I, 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 am desperate for you. That song, it got me. And I was right over here where Carlos is. That's where we would sit. We would sit on the third row every time, blue, till blue pews. And I was sitting right there, and they're up there singing it. And all of a sudden, the halal starts to raise up inside of me. And tears started running down my face. And I can remember being so prideful. And, and naturally, I knew I want to lift my hands. I, I, I want to do that, but I thought, what are people going to think about me? And it was crazy because nobody was thinking that except me. <laughs> and in that moment, I, I, I heard just a still, small voice inside, lift your hands to me, Kevin. And, and, I, and I was saying in my head, I want to show you how much I love you, how desperate I, I really am. Thank you so much for saving my marriage. And, and immediately, immediately, he, he had delivered me from alcoholism, and just immediately. And, and I was so thankful for that, and I'm changing, and people can see that, and I want to show you that. He said, well, just lift your hands. And I'm telling you, I went to lift my hands and to say, I'm desperate for you, and, and I just wept. And I couldn't really sing, but what came out of my voice was, I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you. I love you. And I lifted my hands, and, and nobody had to tell me, at this point in the service, you do that. I may have had to <laughs> for my first time. But it naturally happened because I loved him and he loved me, and we were in relationship, and it was coming out of a heart of worship. And when you release that type of halal, it's beautiful. It's natural. It's awesome. Psalms 149 verse 3 says, let them praise. Everybody say halal praise him with the dance let them sing praises that word right there for praises zamar we won't talk about that one today to him with the timbrel and the harp you might think you see what that means right there just from those two words verse 4 for the lord takes pleasure in his people doing what what does the lord take what he just said it through releasing the halal praise. You see, the Lord takes pleasure. I don't know about you, but if you've ever been on a team and you looked up and you saw somebody cheering for you with their arms raised high, you take pleasure in that. It's no different for God. When we go to a new level relationally to Him and we say, you know what, I've never lifted my hand before, but uh, but right now I just feel like I, 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 I'm not focusing on just who you are, but who you are." are in me and now I'm victorious over the things that used to push me down and so now I lift my hand up like this in the middle of a worship song not going yay God but yay us and the victory is complete and I win and the devil loses and that comes up out of you and that's the halal worship of God and it's natural and you can do it here you're released to do that here you're encouraged to do that here. And it might look and feel clamorously foolish, but that's exactly what the word means. Let me show you another example. First Chronicles 16 verse 4 says this, And he appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord, to commemorate, to thank, and to hallow the Lord God of Israel. This was in David's tabernacle, Interesting fact is this had never been done before. Before, there was no dancing. In Moses' time, this never happened in, in, uh, in the tabernacle. So now, there, there used to be no shouting and dancing, no clamorously foolish praise. That was in Moses' tabernacle. But God comes in with David, and he says, David, we need to take this thing to a new level. Things need to change a little bit. I want to introduce the halal praise, and David's like, "All right, we're going to have that." Psalms one, uh, Psalms twenty-two, verse twenty-two says, "I will declare your name to my brethren, to my brothers. Look at the around and say hello, brothers." Okay, he says, "I will declare." your name to my brothers in the midst of the assembly, so when we come together, okay, kind of like what we're doing this morning, I will halal you. I will release the halal in the midst of the assembly. I will halal you. It's not just telling us that this needs to happen privately, but corporately when we come together, and I'm telling you, when one of us does it, like Jay was doing that this morning, and Kristen was doing that this morning, and you, you look up and you start seeing these People that are that are uh, giving their hearts out and just uh, you, you see Titian up there and he's 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 just releasing the halal praise of God. You look up here and you see uh, Eddie up here and he's releasing that and and everybody on the team is just releasing that and you are like whoa man I'm in with my brothers we we all agree on this type of thing and 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 I want not to hold this thing back because biblically the Bible just told us that when we come together we need to start to release this and so I know sometimes it's really hard to do that for the first time, but if you would just do it, I'm telling you, you would see a breakthrough in an area of your life that you didn't even think connected to that. It's, it's amazing. There's going to be a time where naturally you're going to feel this starting to happen inside of you, and your flesh is going to want to put a cap on it. It, it, it. Pride will rise up and say, do not do this. Right, But I can remember, one of the reasons that this really, you know, we we read right there in uh, uh, Psalms 149 verse 3 that says the Lord takes pleasure in this. And one of the reasons that I I believe God really takes pleasure in this is because he has gifted us with a free will. And in that moment, we say, not my way, but your way. I could choose to do anything right now, and God, I choose to focus in on our relationship. And that is such a blessing. You know, I tell you, if you would start to release this halal praise in your life, you would see breakthroughs. And, and I have noticed that break, when I release this, that, that breakthroughs really never happen until I break out of the boxes that I put myself in. Amen. Psalms 35 verse 18 says this, I will give you thanks in the great assembly. So there, when we come together... I will halal you among many people. There it is again, Psalms 107, verse 32. Let us exalt him in the assembly of people. Are you seeing something going on here? And halal him in the company of the elders. As you see in these scriptures, God places emphasis on having a high level of excitement when praising him in the congregation, in the assembly of the saints. God, house should be filled with exuberance. Amen? And listen, I do believe that there is a time for reverence, and there's a time for waiting, and there's a time for silence, okay? I'm not saying it's either or. I'm saying it's both and. We need to have the halal praise released in our assemblies as we come together. If, if we're uh, down and discouraged, a lot of times we don't like to do that. We like to go with the feeling that we have, and we're just like, mm-mm. And really, that is the... You can read people, their, their body language, and, and really, a person that's going like this is a person... And I would say even lifting your hands, and, and that's going to be the next one that we're going to talk about, so I'm kind of jumping forward, but even lifting your hands, all it does is magnify the feeling that you're feeling. So some people get angry and they lift their hands, and it magnifies that feeling that they're having. And it, it's, it's not building up anybody. It's tearing down. I'm just saying that just exaggerates. that It starts to multiply that, that what you are feeling at that moment. And, and, and we need to, we need to release that. Not this one, but this one, right? This one, this one, my fish was this big one. Then we, we need to release that in the assembly of the saints, but not just when we feel it. Not just when we, not just to praise God when you feel like praising God, because anybody can do that. Especially, especially when you don't feel it. Okay? And I'm telling you, there's a, there is a natural response, but we also need to teach ourselves. I, let, me, let me just uh, give you an example of these, these people of God back in Moses' day. You see, you've got to understand the time to shine and boast for God's goodness is before your answer to prayer. Amen? It's before your breakthrough. It's before the deliverance. You see, God's people, when God delivered them from Egypt, they did not believe God's word when he was saying it, okay? And so they didn't sing God's praises until after the victory was manifest in their side. And so as a consequence, listen to this. In Psalms 106 verse 10, the word of God says this, he saved them, speaking of God, from the hand of those who hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy, The waters covered their enemy. There was not one of them left. Verse 12 says this. After he did those things for him, then, then they believed his words. And then they sang praise. Then they started to release the how. Yes, Lord, we love you. Thank you for delivering us. Because they're literally seeing their enemy being washed away. And they're like, yeah. Before that, no praise. Just praise. Grumpy, and I can't believe we're out here doing this. Now they see God do it, and they're like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sing his praise. Verse 13 says, though, they soon forgot his works. And that's what happens, guys. You see, they did not wait for his counsel. Verse 14 says, But lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tested God in the desert. Verse 15, and he gave them the request and sent leanness on their soul. Listen, God still answered prayer for them. Isn't that awesome? Even though when they were belly bellyaching and they had bad attitudes. But the Bible says there was leanness in their soul. Leanness of their soul literally means there was a wasting disease in their mind, in their will, in their emotions. And, and I can tell you from experience, the time to boast in God, to release the halal to the heavenly father is before the answer to prayer. It's when you're in a rock, between a rock and a hard place. It's It's to worship God even when your son is having cystic fibrosis and he's going to the doctor. It's, it's, it's when you are looking at the Red Sea and you're looking back at your enemy about to kill you. That's when it's time to worship God, not, not to wait after. Amen? Because learning to praise God in difficulty is one of the greatest keys to living a victorious life, to keeping this relationship fresh. What usually happens is many times people get mad at God And then they just quit. They quit when things get hard, when it seems like their prayers are going unanswered. But I'm telling you that God has given us the key to breakthrough, and it's the halal praise. Amen? Okay, and this is the last one. Number two, if you're taking notes, write this down, yadah, Y-A-D-A-H, yadah. The word yadah means with extended hand or to throw out the hand. We're talking about praise, right? Please understand that this is what the Bible says. This isn't something that the exchange just came up with. we are like, hey, we kind of think it's cool to do this, and we couldn't find it in the Bible, so we want people to be, we want to be a hand-raising church, right? No, no, no. This is what the Bible tells us is natural extensions of our heart in worshiping God is the extending of hands. It's found in the Bible 114 times, so it's pretty important. Psalms 111 verse 1 says this, I will, what does it mean? Lift up hands, yada. I will yada. So when you're reading this, you need to understand, I will yada the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright in the congregation. That's what that word means. It's not halal this time. Not clamorously foolish. Not this excitable. It's, it's, this time, it's literally, naturally like we do if we're at a baseball game and our son hits a home run a ball all the way to the fence, naturally we go, yeah, we win, you lose. That, that's what happens, right? Okay? And he's saying, naturally, the yadah, I will yadah. When I'm in the worship and the assembly is together and we're singing that song about his love never fails and never gives up on us, and you're like, whoa, I have victory. I will release the yada." Right, or it might look like this, or it might look like this, or it might look like this. I don't know what yours looks like, but it's going to happen. Psalms 100, verse four says this: Enter his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Right here, the word "be thankful." That word "thankful" is the word "yada." So it says to yada him and bless his name. Psalm 61, verse eight: So I will sing yada. To your name, so in singing, I'm lifting up hands, I'm releasing the Yadah, that I may daily perform my vows. Psalms 28 verse seven, "The Lord is my strength and my shield, My heart trusted in Him and I'm helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song, I will Yada him. Did you ever see that before? Did you know what that's what that meant? The Bible clearly instructs God's people to lift their hands and praise, and worship. Psalms 134 verse 2 says, lift your hands in the sanctuary. So we don't even have to interpret the word yadah for you right there. It just says that's what you need to do. You say, well, that's Old Testament. That's, That's Old Covenant. What about this New Testament? What about this New Covenant? Well, 1 Timothy verse 2 verse 8 says this, I desire therefore that men pray everywhere lifting up holy hands. So we still see in the new covenant people lifting up their holy hands. Yada worship or lifting your hands in worship is a natural response to what God is doing in your life at that moment. Yada praise is something that King David learned to do. And listen to this, this is a specific word for somebody this morning. He used it in the area of his life when it came to discouragement. Many of you have been discouraged this week or uh, uh, very regularly deal with discouragement or depression. And listen to this. This is a pattern that David set forth in the book of Psalms. When he was discouraged, he would encourage himself and he would start to renew his mind and he would release the Yada praise. Listen. I love this scripture in Psalms 42, verse 5. This is how he would overcome discouragement. He says, To his soul, his mind, his will, and emotions, he spoke and he says, Why are you cast down my soul? So he's discouraged, right? And why are you disquieted within me? And this is what he tells his his, his soul to do: hope in God. Have you ever talked to yourself before? right? Encourage yourself. This is, he's looking in the mirror. He's telling him, hope in God, for yet I still st- yada him. Yeah. So he's looking in the mirror. They didn't have mirrors back then, but you know, whatever. Some bronze thing he can kind of see himself, and he's like, hope in God. For yet, even when I don't feel like it, even when I'm discouraged, I will yada him for the help of his countenance. Now, how did David respond to a downcast soul, to his depression? Although he felt, everybody say down, he extended his hands up. Although he felt, down, he extended his hands up in praise to God. And please get this today, church. I pray that you understand that God has given you a method of deliverance for your own discouragement and for your own depression. When you're feeling down, go ahead and release the yada and put your hands up. Amen. Discouragement and despair takes you down, but that praise, releasing that yada, will take you up. And I'm telling you that when you are most discouraged, that's when you need to lift your hands. Right? That's when you need to lift your hands. That's when you need to praise God the hardest. That's when you need to release the yada and start to rise up out of discouragement. I'm going to ask for the worship team to come up here. David said, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? He told his soul, hope in God. What was he telling himself? Expect God to move. Right? Don't look at what you're looking at. Look at God. For yet I will express my praise to God by lifting up my hands. Remember, the psalmist wrote there that there would be a generation to come that would be known by their praise. And you're a part of that generation. This is who we are. We are worshipers. This is what it biblically looks like. Amen? I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet this morning. And I want to ask you this morning, have you ever released the halal praise before? Halal. I'm talking about the praise that's clamorously foolish. Right? For some people, it's it's jumping, dancing. I don't know. Throw a little Carlton in there. For some people, it just might be putting your hand up for the first time. When is is the last time that you released the halal praise? If you haven't ever done it, or it's been a long time since you have, why? What's been holding you back? Well, pastor, you just don't know what I've been going through What we clearly saw in the Bible. We don't need to be like the Israelites who grumbled and complained and then when they finally got the breakthrough, that's when they shouted for God and they released the halal praise. And what happened to them? They forgot what God had done right after it. Right? I didn't come here this morning to judge you and say, oh, you need to feel bad because you haven't done this in a long time. No, 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 no. That... That's besides, that, that's not the point at all. The point is that God gave this to us and then showed us in His Word what that looks like, not for His benefit. Right when Bishop was here this last week, Bishop Jamie, he's talking about how he was taught his whole life, serve the Father, serve God. You need to get in the church and serve, serve, serve. And how we as parents, when we have little children, We don't look at them and go, you need to serve me. You need to serve me. Our life is devoted to serving them, right? And so he starts to show us in the word. He starts to give us this halal praise. It's not for his benefit. It's for our benefit, right? And so I want to encourage you this morning to release the halal praise. Now, here's the thing. We also talked about, what was the other one? Yadah, the Yadah praise. What's that? Yeah, the extended hand. I don't know what that looks like for you. Sometimes in worship, I'll just put up a number one. <laughs> I do. It happens naturally. And I'm sure my neighbor, he has told me, he goes, man, some of the stuff you do when you worship God is crazy. I've never seen it before. I'm sure he's never seen the number one. And in my mind, I'm going, God, we are number one. We are number one. Yes, yes, yes. What am I doing? I'm releasing the yadda praise. And if you're discouraged this morning, listen, we're just going to sing one one quick worship song. Is it with everything? Okay, this is awesome. So we're going to release this song this morning to say with everything. And I'm going to ask just everybody to to be open. I'm not going to tell you, everybody raise your hands. That's law. Hey, stick them up. No, no, no. That's not what we're doing. Right? If as we sing this song, it just naturally happens and you just want to raise your hands or you want to shout, which we're going to talk about that one next week, let that flow. So let's sing. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. The name above names. Yes. The Lamb that was slain for oh.